after a win last night over the Houston Texans, tied at the half, and the Eagles pulled away in the second half. So we're going to have our buddy Trey Wingo join us here coming up a second. And Trey, of course, is brought to us by. Uh, he's brought to us by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250. And if you don't win, you'll get it back. It's a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. All right, let's talk to our guy, Trey Wingo, who joins us right now. All right, and now we are joined by the aforementioned Trey Wingo to talk some football after another win by the Eagles. We're starting to get spoiled around here, Trey. The Eagles win last night uh, over the Texans. It, it was a little bit dicey early, back and forth, but the second half, they took over. Trey, 8-0 here, and, and we haven't started really using the U word yet, but it's it's getting pretty late in this season with this team undefeated. How impressed were you last night after the Texans made it close that the Eagles were able to kind of put their foot down the second half? Well, I think that's the most important thing, Joe, is that, you know, they withstood the initial punch and decided to still be the best team that they are. Um, you know, they uh, they the second quarter was a 7-7 tie, which is very unusual for the Eagles. That's normally when they put people away. Uh, so that felt like almost a win for the Texans. But uh, the calm and patience and the, the play by Gardner-Johnson really sort of got their momentum back and going. And, and that's the thing that people don't understand about this team, like, Everyone marvels at the offense for obvious reasons, but let's just look at some of the numbers. Okay, they have 12 interceptions uh, on the season now. That's uh, more t- more touchdown passes than 19 teams. Okay, like that's a ridiculous thing. They have at least one turnover in every game. Um, they are really a very complete football team right now. And uh, I always hesitate to use the U word as you refer- referred to it because we still have over half the season left. We still have you know, nine games to get to a 17-game uh, end of a regular season. But everything right now is working for the Eagles, literally everything. Trey, they have a historic turnover difference. You mentioned turnovers there through this stage of the season. Yeah. And a lot of times when it comes to turnovers as seasons go on, people like to bring up the luck factor or, or turnover luck where, you know, those things typically even out over the course of the season. Nick Sirianni uh, this morning was discussing how he doesn't think it's luck. He thinks that it's 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 the way they prepare. It's the way they play. And I would say on offense, it probably is. I mean, they, they really do a good job, and Jalen does a good job keeping care of the football. But, oh, but what do you think about that? The Eagles, this turnover differential, do you think this is them? Do you think it's luck? Somewhere in between, your thought on that. I, I think that their ability to not turn the ball over is much more of an indication of, of who they are than uh, potential luck factor might be on the other side a little bit. But the fact that, guys, you only have three turnovers, like three, you had two going into the game last night. That's a ridiculous number. The only other team that had fewer through eight games was the Kansas City Chiefs in 2017. They had one. So, like, that, that is, to me, them not turning the ball over is more of an indication of who they are and how they practice and how they prepare. But, like, if Davis Mills is going to toss them up like he did last night, that's, there's some luck involved there. So I think there's some luck involved in their takeaways, but their lack of turnovers, I think, is, is not luck, and that's something that Nick Sirianni is preaching and the entire coaching staff and Shane, the offensive coordinator, is preaching, and they're sticking to it. Trey, let's talk about their balance. It's pretty striking to me. I mean, you know, teams and coaches like to say that they want to be balanced, but most teams these days are not. I mean, you have your great passing teams. You have uh, you have some teams like the Titans that rely on the run game. It really does feel like we're watching a team here, Trey, that depending on the week, what they want to do, like last Sunday against the Steelers, 
they bomb it up for four touchdowns and some deep passes. And then last night they threw it, but they also ran it when they wanted to. It feels like this is the most balanced good offense in the NFL. How rare is that these days? And do you think it's a good thing for them, an important thing for them as we head towards January and maybe February? Listen, you know it better than anybody, Joe. When the, when the weather gets bad, you better have a running game because that thing travels, and, and they do have that. One of Bill Belichick's favorite phrases to tell his team after a win was, fellas, we got a lot of different ways we can beat these guys. And that's what the Eagles have right now. You're right. They can, they can mad bomb it out with those two wide receivers and, and Goddard underneath, or they have the ability with that offensive line and that running game to pound it out if they want to. That's, that's the most comfortable situation you can have as a coaching staff. Do we want to try and beat them this way, or do we want to try and beat them this way? The only nit, and it's a nitpick, I get it. The only nitpick I would have against the Eagles right now is they tend to give up uh, a little more rushing yards than they probably would like, and, and Pierce last night was a big example of that. I, I think going into the game, they were 28th or 29th in terms of yards after contact before a tackle was made. My only concern for the Eagles – is when it gets a little colder and you're going to start, you know, pounding the rock a little bit more. They're going to have to shore up that side of their defense so they just people – better teams won't be able to just play keep away on them. But yeah. that's, that's a very minor thing through an eight-game winning streak. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And it, it's, it's certainly something we're, we're paying attention to. And I think it became even more acute last night, uh, Trey, because uh, Jordan Davis, high ankle sprain in the last game, yeah. so he didn't play last night. And we might not see him for a little while here because that's a tough injury, and he's certainly a really big person to try to come back from it. And, and moving forward here, I mean, think about their schedule. They're going to see Aaron Jones. They're going to see maybe Jonathan Taylor if he's healthy, but Derrick Henry, uh, Saquon Barkley, the Cowboys again. So I, I would agree with you that that is a worry spot. But I, I would say, doesn't it feel like um, defensive coordinators now, like the, the best ones, they almost – not that they want to allow rushing yards, but they'll almost give you that within, in lieu of you yep. throwing the ball over their head. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, and, and I hate to go back to Belichick again, but, you know, in Super Bowl 25, uh, when they upset the Bills 20-19, to 19, Bill Belichick told his defensive unit, guys, if we're going to win this Super Bowl, we might have to let Thurman Thomas be the MVP of the game. And they were like, what are you talking about? And he's like, let them work down the field. We're going to do everything we can to make sure we don't, they don't blow us out over the top with what was then called the K-Gun offense, which is what everyone runs now, you know, in terms of how they want to spread it out and throw it down the field. So, yeah, there, there, there's a lot to that. Um, I, I think that it, it, you'd much rather force a team to go down the field and lose by a 1,000 paper cuts than three giant slashes across the forehead. And that's what the Eagles have been doing. We're talking to Trey Wingo here. Trey, Jalen Hurts last night, another really good game. And I, what's striking to me now as I watch him, and I'm you know, kind of taking notes during the game, is I think there were three or four passes last night I thought he missed. You know, I thought he was a little under or over yeah. or he just footwork was off. And I wrote them down, and then I looked up at some point, I'm like, wait a second, he's like 21 of 24. So like the three misses, that's yeah. it. I mean, he's become so efficient that I'm almost more surprised now when there's the miss. Trey, I was looking at his numbers today. His numbers through eight games this year are right on par or better with what Josh Allen did in 2020. I know we talked a few weeks ago about his his rise here, but did you expect this? Because I've been a fan of his and believed in him, but even I, I'm just like shaking my head at how good he's gotten so fast. Yeah, no, I listen, uh, I think he's been great. But to your point, like, I wasn't expecting this until they made the trade for A.J. Brown. Like, Tua, Tua is playing great right now. Tua was not this guy when he didn't have Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, right? And, and so, like, you're always a victim uh, or, or uh, not a victim. You're always uh, sort of uh, defined by the circumstances you find yourself in. 
And Jalen has found himself in a really good situation with a lot of weapons to throw to. Ty, you know, Tyreek makes that, that for Tua. You know, Patrick Mahomes, I think, would be really good no matter where he went. But the fact that he went to Andy Reid, who's the quarterback whisperer, uh, and with the weapons in the offense that he has in place, I think that's why we're seeing a Hall of Fame trajectory for Patrick Mahomes. So I, I, I was not – I said this all along, Joe, and I, I don't know if you, you, uh, you guys were talking about it as well. I thought the two quarterbacks with the most pressure on them going into the season were Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga-Vailoa in terms of what we'd seen before – and what they, the teams had done, Howie in particular, to put around him. And both Tua and Jalen have come out and said, basically proven their case, because we both knew the Eagles and the Dolphins at one point had multiple first-round picks that they could use in what is going to be a much heavier or richer quarterback draft in 2023. I don't think either one of those teams are using any of those picks on QBs now. Yeah, they're not. And I agree, I agree with you on the, uh, the Tua and Hurts comparison before the season. They've both been phenomenal. Uh, so far this year. Different kind of quarterbacks, but they've both been really effective. Trey, do you think the rise of a guy like Hurts, uh, you could throw two in there, but he was a high pick, and, and also Josh Allen, do you think it's going to change how teams view developing quarterbacks? Because, you know, we've got some young ones now, like the 2021 class, they're all seemingly struggling, right, with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson yeah. looks like he might be lost, uh, Fields, all these guys. But it feels like now that the formula is, all right, well, the Bills got – Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and look what happened to him. We saw it down in Miami. They got him Jalen Waddle, and then Tyreek Hill. And then here in Philadelphia, Devontae Smith last year. And then on top of it, A.J. Brown. Do you think this is kind of the new model now where you don't know if you have the right guy at quarterback, but you go get him a star receiver, and then you kind of know? Well, absolutely. Uh, the only outlier there is, you know, Mahomes, who they got rid of Tyreek Hill, and they have a more explosive offense this year, which is absolutely insane with a brand new, with a brand new receiving core. Um, but look, the, the other part of that is I think teams are understanding we got a we got a quarterback that we think is a franchise guy on a rookie deal, not even a first round deal, right? For Jalen Hurts, second round deal. So we can go shopping, we can go do this kind of stuff. We can afford to bring in an AJ Brown. We can afford to make the trade for Robert Quinn. We can afford to do these kind of things because we're getting a bargain on the quarterback, and that's what the Chargers tried to do when they bring in Mac and and Jackson and everybody else they brought in. It, it hasn't worked for a variety of reasons. Uh, not related to Justin Herbert outside of his injury, but I think if you have a if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you it gives you a lot of flexibility to put really really interesting pieces around him. And the, the Eagles have the bonus of not only being a rookie deal, but not even a first round deal, but a second round deal for Jalen Hurts. Trey, of all the trade deadline deals this past week, and we know the Eagles made their deal, and we talked about that last week um, with Robert Quinn. But the ones that happened most recently, which one to you stood out the most and might have the most impact down the stretch? Well, listen, uh, on, on trade deadline day alone, uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest impact to me was not even a trade. It was the Bills activating Tredavious White, uh, the cornerback. Uh, they did it on that day. You know, he, he missed most of this year and a lot of last year with the torn ACL. Um, I, I think that's a huge move for them. The most impactful trade through the entire process to me has got to be Christian McCaffrey, um, if, he's, if he's right. And he certainly has looked right in the first two games he's played there because he's exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants and he can make Jimmy Garoppolo a much better quarterback, much less prone to the big mistake. You know, outside of the Eagles right now at Caesar Sportsbook, Eagles are the overwhelming favorite in the NFC at 5-1 to one to win it all. Uh, San Francisco, believe it or not, is second uh, at 12-1. to one. Now, it's a distant second, but at 12-1, to one, and I think a big part of that is if that defense is healthy, and as long as Jimmy doesn't make the tragic mistake, Christian McCaffrey gives them an opportunity to win a lot of football games. Trey, as we look forward here, uh, a topic that I know already is going to become a big one in Philadelphia is if they keep winning, 
is is this ultimately a good thing? Obviously, history. Who doesn't want to make history? It'd be special if the Eagles kept winning and and, right. and maybe you know got on the path to an undefeated season. But Trey, I, I think back to 2007 with the Patriots. I thought they were tired by the end of the year. I thought in the playoffs they were tired after going for it, and obviously they accomplished what they were trying to do. But they ultimately, I thought, kind of felt ran out of gas in the playoffs. Do you think? Ultimately, as the season goes on, a loss could be a good thing, or do you think history always trumps that kind of thing? Look, it depends on when it happens, right? If they lose next next week, um, then it's probably not a not a great loss. Um, but he, here's the way I would answer that: like Teddy Bruschi is a friend of mine, worked with him, and obviously he was on that 2017. Um, his thing was we they wanted to go for it. You, you might not remember they almost lost a Monday night game to the Ravens that year, and they should have. The Ravens actually stopped them on fourth down, but uh, Rex Ryan, who was the defensive coordinator, called a timeout uh, before the play, and they actually then got it and went on to win that game. And Teddy said after that game, he's like, no, Bill, we need to go for it. Like, we need, we need to finish this thing. And it's a very special thing to say, I went through the regular season undefeated. Um, I, if they get close, absolutely go for it. I'll never forget in 2009 the Colts, when they had realized that they had gotten the thing wrapped up at halftime of the game with the Jets, when they were 14-0 and or 13-0, and uh, and they, uh, they pulled everybody because they realized they had home field advantage, and the players were like, what are we doing? Like, if you're that close, like, if you lose before it gets to 11-0, fine, whatever. But once you get to 10 or 11-0, man, stick your nose in the ground and go for it. Like, every, somebody wins Super Bowl every year. Somebody wins Super Bowl every year. Not everybody's going to go through the season undefeated. So give, give yourself that opportunity, and you get the bye week for the rest. I, I would 100% go for it. Yeah, I have a feeling the, uh, the folks in this town are going to want to go for it if, if there's an opportunity <laughs> in front of them. Trey, always appreciate you hopping on. We'll catch up again next week, and we'll look forward to the Eagles and the Commanders uh, coming up Monday night a couple weeks from now. Thank you, Trey. Great stuff for Trey Wingo. I really uh, appreciate and enjoy when he joins us there. And Trey Wingo, of course, was brought to us by? Uh, the one and only Trey Wingo, as always, is brought to us by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250. And if you don't win, you'll get it back. It's a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21+. plus. All right, let's talk about the one thing from last night that continues to be, uh, I would say, a worry. And he, he mentioned it there. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Eagles win last night. Not much of a sweat, especially in the second half. If there is a worry right now, and, and Trey mentioned it, it's probably the best thing you could worry about. Like It's not like they can't throw the ball. They can't stop the pass. They can't get after the quarterback. They do all those things at a high level. But right now, the Eagles have become a bottom not not the bottom, but towards the bottom in run defense. And I think last night became more acute. They missed Jordan Davis. I mean, they they missed Jordan Davis. Uh, I think as you look throughout the season, the snaps he was on the field versus snaps he was off, the, the terms of yards per carry allowed, way worse without Jordan Davis. And now last night, first game without him, but this is more than just without him. It's just in general. Last night, the Texans ran 32 times. For 168 yards, 5.3 yards per rush. They got gassed last night. Now, Damian Pierce is a good running back, so yeah, he could do this to a lot of teams. I'm sure he will over the course of his career. This is the issue right now. I don't think there's a quick fix. I mean, they could try a couple things schematically. Um, obviously, Jordan Davis coming back, whenever that's going to be, is going to be a help. Uh, hopefully, they get him back and fully ready for the stretch run of the season. But I brought this up last night on the um, the pregame show when I was with Glenn and Ross Tucker. This is actually a pretty rough time to lose a guy like Jordan Davis. Think about their schedule coming up the next few weeks. So last night was Damian Pierce. Okay, that's a problem. He's really good back. 
coming up in a couple weeks, if he's healthy, they will see Jordan, uh, Jonathan Taylor, okay, down in, over in Indianapolis. After that, they will see the combination of Aaron Jones and um, who's the other back the uh, the, the, the uh, Packers have? The big back, Dylan. AJ Dylan. Yeah, so uh, Jones and Dylan in with the Green Bay coming in, and then they will face Derrick Henry, and after that. They're going to see Saquon Barkley. This is actually probably the roughest stretch of the season to lose Jordan Davis for. The run defense right now, it's a problem. I am not sweating it. Here's what I have. Here's what they need to do. The Eagles need to get their run defense shored up between now and the NFC Championship game. I'm not kidding. Like that, I'm serious. That that's when I think, or whenever they play the 49ers in the playoffs, that's when they have to get this thing shored up. I'm not going to lose any sleep over this right now, but I do think if it remains an Achilles heel, the Niners are the team with that running game, with Shanahan, with McCaffrey, and or Debo coming out of the backfield. They, they have – it's almost like they're so far ahead, they have two and a half months now to figure out how to become a just a decent run-stopping team. I'm not worried about it tomorrow, but it could bite them down the line if they don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, you think about the things this defense does well – San Francisco doesn't really try to do those things. They're with almost Jimmy Garoppolo built to beat Buffalo and Kansas City more than they are to beat Kansas- the Niners. Right. I mean, I, I obviously you know James Bradbury and Darius Slay and these safeties, so it would make it tough for them to throw the ball down the field. But they don't try to. Right. Their, their offense right now is based around getting the ball in the hands of Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey as easily as possible. And Kyle Shanahan isn't afraid to just hand the ball off to each of them ten to fifteen times nope. and, and let them have at it. And I, I know Damian Pierce is a good running back, and, and he's having a, a fantastic rookie season, but this is a defense that's allowing over six yards per carry when Jordan Davis isn't on the field, and that's an issue when you consider he's going to be out four to six weeks with this ankle injury. I do worry about it. Like, I, I think right now all it's going to be is, you know, fantasy football fodder for, for people who, who own Aaron Jones or, or Derrick Henry in, in their leagues for the next month or so, but, yeah, when you get into the postseason and you play a defense like San Francisco that isn't as porous as the Texans' defense was last night, it could be a real issue. I mean, look how they beat uh, the Packers in, in in the divisional round in Green Bay last year. They didn't score a lot of points, Mm-mm. but they stopped Aaron Rodgers. They they made sure their offense had enough chances on the field, and they came up with one big play. Yeah, that's the team. That's the running game. That's the matchup that worries the heck out of me. And they have to get it fixed before they see them. That's it. 215-592-9494. Get your board. We'll take all your phone calls. Back to the phone lines on the other side. We'll go back to the Phillies. I'm worried. My belief is as low as it's been the entire World Series. I do, right now, I don't feel like they're coming back. Where's your belief? Do you believe the Phillies are coming back? Yes or no? And maybe you can make me feel better tonight after just a just gut punch of a loss last night. The defense, Hoskins, the at-bats by Castellanos. My goodness, it was bad last night. And now uncertainty over how many innings Zach Wheeler could even go tomorrow. A lot of worry for me. Tucker still believes. Where are you? 215-592-9494. Get your board. We get back. We'll talk about the Phillies. And i got to play this for you. Howie Roseman is feeling pretty darn good about himself right now as he's built an undefeated team. And he was getting heckled, having a little fun last night with some of the fans, Eagles fans, down in Houston. you got to hear how Howie responded. I never thought we'd have to bleep out a general manager in this town. Howie barking back at the fans after he was criticized a little bit. 215-592-9494. Get you aboard. We'll talk Howie, the Eagles, and your belief in the Phillies. Down 3-2 in the World Series right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.